0: Hey guys, we released a brand new episode of Paranormal Crossroad just last weekend. It's called She Knows. It's got everything I love in it, and I hope it does for you as well. It's got paranormal. It's got true crime. It's got all the stuffs and all the things. So head on over to pxroad.com and watch the brand new episode of Paranormal Crossroad called She Knows. Audity Files the podcast. All things creepy crypting.
1: Another worldly files. The podcast.
0: Are you ready? Are you ready for this? Dun, 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 na, 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 na. Welcome back to another episode of Oddity Files, the podcast, the podcast,
1: the podcast.
0: I'm Kitsy Duncan. <laughs> and I'm Nick Floyd. I don't even know where that came from. I'm on my second diet Pepsi of the night.
1: Oh, you're a party animal.
0: I'm going to blame it on that. Um, uh, from,
1: the, from the two liter or from the can? Because I saw you had a little, like a cup.
0: It's, it's from the can. I, oh. I, I like. Oh, did you see my cup? It says Paranormal mm. X Road.
1: Look Ooh. at the purple straw, too. Damn. I,
0: I had to buy some you know, throwaway straws so I could have a purple straw.
1: Oh, I did, is the lid purple, too? It's clear. Oh, uh, okay. So it's reflecting yeah. off the straw.
0: And you listeners, too, can have a Paranormal Crossroads um, <laughs> Yeti style cup if you just go to pxroad.com. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Nicholas, how are you this week?
1: I uh, uh, you know, I'm good. It's a Tuesday night, daylight savings time, so it's still very much so sunny outside right now, which I know. is great. I had to close
0: my curtain because there's too much light coming in.
1: Oh, you gotta got you, it's gotta be dark in the cave.
0: Yes. The dungeon.
1: Dun dun dun.
0: So I had some something really, really weird happen to me this week. Um, it was actually yesterday. And I, I was freaked out about it. And then I, I got on the Odd Coven Facebook group. And I'm like, okay, here's what I found. What are we thinking? I think the first response was um, curse. No, it wasn't. Because I Googled it. And I guess what I found is part of Spell bottles with, with the witches and cursing people. So what I actually found was this nail that, and I'll post a picture of this on the Instagram. Let me see. But this nail has re- weird wires on one side, but not the other. So it's a rusty nail. I found out it's a roofing nail from the Odd Coven Facebook group. And it's legit scary looking. Wouldn't you say, Nick?
1: Yeah. From what I can see of it, yes. It is It is uh, a little unsettling to look at.
0: Yeah. So, went into the group and somebody goes, first of all, because I thought, well, maybe the dogs brought it in it. It was sitting at the top of my stairs, which I travel up and down all day because my podcast dungeon is on the top floor, the coffee maker is on the main floor. So it's constant up and down, up and down. And about mid-morning, I find this sitting there, very obvious, sitting right at the top stair. And my first thought was, well, maybe the dogs brought it up. but And then I got concerned, you know, that if there's more, they're eating it. So um, in the Odd Coven Facebook group, Somebody told me, first of all, it's a roofing nail. Check your yard and make sure the dogs aren't eating them. So I did that. And I hadn't had my roof replaced in like eight years. Hmm. Um, she did say possibly it came from the attic. Maybe like roofing nails fall in. But still, with these wires on it, I, I it, it's like it was never nailed in anywhere. Because huh. it's only on one side. So I... I google and apparently you can make magnets out of nails and copper wire and a battery so you wrap the copper wire around the nail completely around not just one side like this nail and then you hook the copper wire to a a, like a double a battery i think it may have been a c battery if they even make those anymore and it turns the nail into a magnet And while I was searching that, um, I got another response in the odd coven, and she had said, have you grounded yourself lately? And I'm like, actually, like, for the first time ever, I did a guided grounding meditation um, last week because of a paranormal investigation. Well, it wasn't even an investigation. We had done some filming with... Uh, the family that I thought had poltergeist activity that I had told you about a few weeks ago. And I I had mentioned to her about the um, RPK, the uh, recurring psychokinesis causing poltergeist activity. She's like, oh, I think it might be me. And then I'm like, oh God, I hope I didn't catch her energy because the next day (laughs) everything was going wrong for me. So I did a grounding meditation. Anywho, I I finally searched for, like, spiritual meanings of a rusty nail. Nothing. But in Italy, no, in Spain, and with the Pennsylvania Dutch, finding a rusty nail is good luck. Still not sure how it got there, but it's good luck.
1: It's like finding a four-leaf clover. It's it's (laughs) very different. Yeah, You find a rusty nail, it's good luck.
0: Well, am I Spanish or Pennsylvania Dutch? No, not at all. But I'm going to go with the good luck aspect of it. Now, if you listeners know of anything else, tweet at a bitch, at (laughs) Kitsy Duncan, and let me know ASAP to know if I should be smudging or what it is exactly I need to be doing.
1: Oh, my God. Well, in terms of uh, on the topic of, of finding things and not knowing the meaning necessarily. So a few weeks ago when I was in Florida, a coworker of mine texted me that he had found in downtown Nashville this like flyer. And on the flyer it it was this picture of this door with an eye on it and it was this there was a little tear-off tag of uh, of coordinates. What? So he took the tear-off tag, went to the coordinates. When he got to the coordinates, there was a QR code that was hitting, hidden on this mural, and it, it kind of spun off this whole kind of series of events that uh, transpired over the course of, I want to say, three, two or three days. And eventually it, it led him to a website, and so he shared the website with me because he knows I'm a huge fan of this, all types of shit like this. A Massive yeah. fan. And there's Instagram, and the Instagram uh, is called Mysterious Nashville. Is the Instagram, and they did all the stuff. It felt like it's kind of. They were testing things. There was like an offering box in the woods that you had to offer something to it, and then you had to take something that was meaningful to you that someone else left behind. No one really knows who they are, what they're, what this is. If it's viral marketing for a bar that's opening up, or if it's uh
0: God, I hope so.
1: Like a speakeasy, an escape room, nobody knows. And um, they did something over Mother's Day weekend, and then this past they went silent. And then this past weekend, they sent an email with a video a link to a video, and the video was took you to a YouTube link, and it showed like one building in downtown Nashville, and then like a mural, and on that mural there was a very very small QR code. Okay. And I live 40 minutes from Nashville. My coworker lives very close to Nashville. So he popped over, took the picture, the QR code, and it brought him to a website. And he sent me the website. And the website um, had an address and it had instructions. And the address led you to the Tennessee State Museum. And it says, enter the museum, walk up the stairs, and look for a Choctaw uh, blowgun. And the next piece of the puzzle... Is uh hiding within the blowgun. Uh, here's a hint you might need to kneel. And so, I was down uh in, in Nashville, and I'll talk about this just a second. I was down getting a tattoo uh under some bizarre <laughs> post pandemic circumstances because apparently we're out of the pandemic now. And I was apparently, apparently it just happened like that. <laughs> it's just a snap of a finger, and we were just everything was normal. Uh, I was one mile away from the museum, so I was like, I haven't got to do one of these yet. Fuck it. I'm going to go. And it was such a cool feeling. I parked the car, pulled up, walked in the museum, which was free. I'd never been in this museum before. Walked up, you know, up, I was looking at my phone, following the instructions, walked upstairs, found the blow dart gun, was kind of looking at it for a little bit. Were you the only one there? There were p- people who were attending the museum but no one was walking around like looking for shit like i was like look like a weird uh, just a crazy ah, person i love it and uh got down on my hands and knees looked underneath the case of the the display case and there was a password underneath um which you had to enter the password on the website and so then it led you to a video and the video was like different people spliced together to say like more answers are coming. Just be patient. You've come this far. And that's it. That's all we know so far. So who oh knows? My God. Uh, it's very cool. If it leads to nothing, great. It's just, it's, it's fun. Uh, Still worth it. Yeah. It's super, super unique. So you can follow the Instagram and you can, you can see the cool stuff they're posting. But if you don't live in Nashville, um, you, you can't participate so to speak but uh i'll keep updating um usually it happens on weekends so i'll just keep okay. updating on stuff over the next few weeks of what comes next cuz i don't know we have a whole little group who's doing it so we're all we're covering kind of all bases of of um middle tennessee basically
0: it's a treasure hunt <laughs> it's a scavenger it's hunt I love it. I'm so jealous. (laughs) I kind of want to do one in Bloomington now. It's cool. The main question I have is the QRs. Are they actually stickers or are they painted into the murals?
1: They're just like printed out and taped on. So They they recently just put on their Instagram today that a saboteur removed the password from because it was taped underneath the mural in this museum. And uh, they said that someone removed it.
0: Those sons
1: of bitches. Which is only a matter of time. Like it was only a matter yeah. of time until someone's gonna ruin it and be an asshole. But it could have been the museum. Again, I don't know if they're working with these places, if these places are have no idea, if they're like kind of sort of maybe vandalizing these <laughs> these places. I don't know. I don't know. So
0: oopsies, not sure. Yeah. That's fucking amazing.
1: Super, super cool. Um yeah, but but I was I was in downtown Nashville, kind of at our old stomping grounds over at Music City Center, which, Kitzie, you're very familiar with, the convention Fair. center here in Nashville, and uh, an artist, a tattoo artist who I I adore. Um, I've always loved her work. She she does a lot of cosmetic tattooing, so like eyebrows, lips, freckles, all just mostly mostly cosmetic stuff. And then her books have been closed since the pandemic, since shortly after everything shut down. And she's like, I have some spots. It's my first time tattooing at a convention. And I was like, well, fuck, I really want to get it done, but I'm scared yeah. to, to go well. to a convention this soon. It's too soon.
0: How was it? Was it terrifying?
1: It was very, very bizarre and irresponsible. Um, <laughs> well. It was, it was a really like getting tattooed at a convention is, is, you know, I, I'm very used to it. Every tattoo I've gotten. Most of my one. tattoos yep.
0: were done at conventions.
1: Exactly. <laughs> super, super normal. I'm used to it. So that wasn't an issue at all. It was it was very small. There weren't a ton of people there. But what was so interesting is that the, the COVID policy, the safety precaution policy, there is a split policy. So there's the convention center's policy, which is wear a mask, check your temperature, this and that. Socially distance, and then the moment you get in the convention center, into the convention hall, it's up to the promoters slash people putting on the convention. Oh, so whoever was putting on the tattoo con was like, eh, masks, uh, fuck it, you know, you don't need them. So here we are in uh, a hall, which was people were distance, which is fine, and most people were wearing masks, but everyone's like got open skin indoors <laughs> getting tattooed and a lot of these artists who were clearly v- too cool to wear a mask at this point um for their own safety and the safety of their client who's bleeding in front of them and uh, yeah, has an yeah. open wound it was fucking weird i i i it, like the artist who i was working with she like we were both masked her her apprentice was masked we i was in her booth it felt safe it was fine it was comfortable but i'm just like looking around thinking are you guys just too cool to wear a mask this soon after everything
0: (laughs) i don't know it's insane like here in indiana you like the local kroger the local grocery store masks are not required it is an option now so am i still wearing my mask yes i i'm completely vaccinated i just don't want people to think i'm an anti-maxer masker (laughs) and that's why i'm still wearing my mask
1: Yeah, I the fact that I like haven't gotten really like I I don't want to say sick because that's it, but like the fact that I haven't gotten like a common cold over the entire time of the pandemic because I'm wearing a mask like people we've talked about this like people are gross. I'm going to keep wearing a mask for a while. Uh, I've said it from the beginning. That when this all started before I came on the podcast and was welcomed on by by you who's still crazy for oh, happy anniversary hey hey. Uh, I've said it from the beginning that like the the pandemic was a scary thing, but people scare me more than a virus, and I've always been afraid of people more throughout this entire situation, and I still am. So it's like exactly. It's one thing I learned from Scooby
0: Doo: people are scary. It's. <laughs> you literally, you take the mask off and it's uh... a... <laughs> Old man withers. He that is was just the a troublemaker.
1: Oh my God. That was the deepest reference and most brilliant reference ever made on the history of my time with this podcast. <laughs> there were so many layers to it and I'm so happy that you said it because that's... It exactly... was
0: so organic. <laughs>
1: so, so good.
0: I'm just not sure I'm ready to retire the Maleficent mask at this point. I've had it the entire pandemic, and I've been wearing it ever since. Every once in a while, throw on the Oddity Files mask, but I have such a big face, and it's got the elastic (laughs) over the ears. My ears hurt by the time I'm done, because I have a huge head, people, and that mask
1: is too small for me. That's amazing. Yeah, it's too much work. like I, it's just it was so much work to find the right one, and yeah. i spent money on it. And like that's I'm a frugal person, and I'm some sometimes real lazy. So if I find something I like, I'm not gonna let it go. And I finally found a mask that I enjoy. Why would I toss it aside? I spent like twenty bucks on it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For it's probably handmade by some wonderful person on Etsy
0: or whatever shit yeah um (laughs) now kids i want to warn everybody it is full-blown mercury retrograde so and i've been reading up a little on retrograde usually it's all like oh doom and gloom and this that and the other i don't know if i'm following new people on the insta snap or the the tweeters or what it is but people (laughs) are putting a new twist on retrograde and it's it's all how you treat it so we know it's retrograde going with a positive attitude. Um, It's karma clearing. It's all this, that, and the other. And maybe if you didn't do some stupid shit before retrograde, shit wouldn't be going wrong for you now. Lesson (laughs) learned. Remember it next time. I'm going to very quickly beg you all to review this podcast on Apple Podcasts, because it's been a hot fucking minute since I've done that. We've gotten a couple great reviews lately, but it used to be so much. We used to get so many more reviews. I don't know if it's because I'm not asking for it every week or what it is. I used to give away prizes. Then I got lazy because I don't like to put stuff in the mail. So I'm just going to ask you straight out. If you like us, let Apple Podcasts know, people. Thank
1: you. I will. I will give you all a dollar. I will Venmo or Cash App you one dollar. There's going to be three you, million reviews. <laughs> it's fine. Then we'd be the biggest podcast on. I. Then we'd have. We'd make the money, and it would all equal out, right? Because that's what happens. There you, go. I, you climb the I, I, charts, you make a million dollars. That's how it goes, right? Shit. Yeah, we'll both have book <laughs> deals. it
0: will be all the stuff and all the things. He's the first, kidding. Asterisk. No, I'm not.
1: The first. <laughs> the first fifty people who send me a Facebook message, Instagram DM, email, text, if you have my phone number somehow, sweet, of a screenshot of your review, and it gets accepted. It must be accepted. Those are my terms and conditions. The first 50 people to do it, I will give $1 via digital currency. Oh, shit. Is that the Dogecoin? I will buy you two Dogecoins if they're priced under 50 cents (laughs) apiece. At this time, at the time.
0: Oh snap! Oh snap! And that—that that is for new reviews, people. You guys put your reviews up earlier. You are shit out of luck. Yep. So She'll get a friend it. to do it, and you split the dollar. I got That's a 50 dollar. Cents for a pop. You. Yeah, exactly. Done. So we should probably throw this over to <laughs> the love and the light and the positivity of this podcast. Misfortune astrology. Jess, hit it!
2: Hey there, oddballs. It's Jess from Miss Fortune Astrology here with your weekly energy forecast. June is a mercifully quiet month astrologically, and this coming week is one of the quietest. On Saturday the 5th, there are two aspects perfecting. Mercury retrograde squares Neptune from 23 degrees of Gemini to Pisces, and Mars opposes Pluto retrograde from 26 degrees of Cancer to Capricorn. Mercury has been within range of this Neptune square for a couple of weeks now. Maybe you've noticed. Things are foggy. There's a serious lack of clarity around our thoughts, our communication, and the way we're getting around. Forgetfulness seems to be the major theme. A friend of mine actually forgot that she was supposed to be on a flight yesterday. I forgot about a weekly meeting, and then I completely forgot to record this forecast. So if it sounds like I'm phoning it in this week, I might be. The struggle is real. We still have two weeks of Mercury retrograde left, but once he gets past Neptune, some of this haze should clear up. Mars opposite Pluto on the same day makes Saturday more than a little dicey. If you're gonna be around family, prepare for some fireworks. If not, expect ugly patterns from your childhood to surface regardless. There's a culmination happening, and it concerns a giant and possibly extended power trip. Pluto is Mars's higher octave, meaning that Pluto's transpersonal themes of fear, transformation, evolution, And metaphorical death are expressed interpersonally through Mars. Make no mistake this is an extremely angry aspect and the opposition suggests that the anger will come at you from an external source. Check your motives and do your best to keep your cool if you're confronted. The week is completely devoid of aspects until next Thursday the 10th when we have the solar eclipse at 19 degrees of Gemini. This new moon eclipse forms a tight conjunction with Mercury who's just a degree away at 20 degrees and applying since he's retrograde. Mercury rules Gemini, so he rules this eclipse and he's all up in the mix. Expect this to be a day where the trickster planet's themes abound. Messages, messengers, downloads, car issues, it's all fair game. If you're a Gemini, a Virgo, or have Mercury prominent in your chart, prepare for the start of a whole new chapter of life. Eclipses bring faded events and sometimes they can take up to six months to unfold. If you're interested in what the stars have to say for you, please check out my website at misfortuneastrology.com. I offer many different types of tarot and astrology readings, and you can also help support my small business by checking out my shop, where I sell handmade crystal jewelry, candles, and lots of other cool merch. For daily horoscopes and plenty of inappropriate humor, come find me on social media at misfortune 1111
0: Ciao for now. Okay, Jess, I appreciate you. You know... Retrograde is never good until I decided it was this last time. So I'm just putting that out there. Nick, I know I teased you before we started uh, recording, but have I got a story for you. So I titled this because I wrote this story. I did the journalistic work by watching some videos and I wrote this story so and the headline is paranormal in the news question mark I wrote out question mark it's not actually a question mark. so today I learned what a Palladian is and for those of you that have lives apparently like myself here's what the wikipedia has to say that they are In UFOlogy, Nordic aliens are humanoid extraterrestrials purported to come from the Pallides, who resemble Nordic Scandinavians. Professed contactees describe them as being six to seven feet tall, with long blonde hair, blue eyes, and fair skin. So it's Thor. He's he's a little tan. But UFOlogist George Adamisky is credited with being among the first to claim contact with the Nordic aliens in the mid-1950s. And scholars note that the mythology of extraterrestrial visitation from beings with features described as Aryan often include claims of telepathy, benevolence, and physical beauty. So, came across this YouTube link on the Facebook groups, and I clicked on the YouTube link that said Palladians send warning message to Joe Biden in 2021. <laughs> and according to Alien Contact D 2 on the YouTubes, today, which was the 21st, we have a message from the king, King in all caps, directed towards Joe Biden. Joe Biden has re- recently signed bills to make open borders for reptilians, grace It's aliens for the rest of us, I think, I'm not sure. And also a travel ban has been placed on the Galactic Federation from entering Earth's atmosphere. The description of the video went on to say, the king is pissed. And then my new friend said, this is a must watch. So I watched. And Ryan, who was referred to as the king by the first guy, um, alien contactee too. Well, Ryan is a fucking trip. And I thought the other guy was stereotypical alien contactee. He starts off the video on bit shoot, whatever the hell that is, saying that President Biden wants to open borders to the reptilians and grays, And he doesn't seem very happy about it. The, the king, not Biden. Biden allegedly is all for it. And then he begs for people to subscribe to his channel and tells us everyone needs to switch to Bitchute because YouTube is the Gestapo. Who knew? I had no idea. Did you?
1: Oh, shit. (laughs)
0: Anywho, Ryan, a.k.a. King, then goes on to claim that Joe Biden is also giving all aliens, reptilians, and greys full approval to abduct anyone they want. But... He also wants to create a travel ban against the Galactic Federation. I cannot make this shit up, people. Now, the Galactic Federation consists of, allegedly, is the Palladians, the Arturians, the Syrians, and the Lyrians. And apparently, it's all because the Ians, all those names, were supporters of the previous president of the United States, who shall remain nameless. <laughs> then she gets real, people. King Ryan has a message for President Biden and claims that the 46th president of the United States watches his channel. And then he admits it might just be somebody who works for President Biden as an employee. And I'm just saying that's pretty impressive, King Ryan. His message is, <laughs> wait for it. He said that President Biden doesn't get to choose who can and cannot come to Earth. And then King Ryan answers with the age-old question I think most of Earth would love answered. He claims that the Galactic Federation was here before the humans, that humanity was brought here by the Galactic Federation as a free will experiment. So, according to the King Ryan... Joe Biden has no say who can and cannot come to earth. There you have it, kids. No punchline. King Ryan is serious and pissed. His handle on this weird video site that I'd never heard of until today is Ryotin, R-Y-O-T-E-N. He has 22 subscribers. There were three comments, (laughs) and the most noteworthy was nine days ago from Dudahman. They said, seek a doctor's help. A neck up checkup is warranted.
1: What <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> I thought BitChute, I, I, I saw something on Twitter that BitChute was like like the parlor of YouTube. Uh, it's, uh, I mean, yeah. Basically. Apparently so. <laughs> How do people come up with this? It's like you read a couple of Dr. Seuss books. <laughs> You listen to the World of Worlds uh, radio (laughs) broadcast.
0: He was so serious. And this guy, I mean, let me see. No, I don't think I have. I'll I'll have to find the video again and send you a screen cap. He's in his car with, like, these 1993 Oakley-style glasses on. (laughs) With this New Jersey accent, and so fucking serious the entire time.
1: <laughs> the fucking Palladians are coming. It, literally. <laughs> literally. It Gotta was... put your sunglasses on, your fucking tinfoil hats.
0: <laughs> so I'm just putting myself up for a some kind of journalistic award, because I still think that was better than the fucking Fox article. From last last week's episode,
1: (laughs) that's it. (laughs) I it's just like it's so baffling to me that, by the way, to to not discredit the story, the story of that I know of, and I don't know if it's the the same story that you pulled it from, but the whole Palladian finding the whole seven foot tall alien Viking, that story from the fifties, which I'm assuming is the that he was a pilot, and his plane was. Something had happened, and he... I don't know if you know that piece, uh-uh. but I need to do that story next yes. week or in the next couple... Because the story is fascinating. Yes, um, please. Like, very... Fa- like, there is, I mean, as much proof as you can have in the 1950s, but, like, there is some semblance of uh, of proof that exists of this pilot who somehow found himself... In Sweden? In some sort of Swedish alien. <laughs> I don't know. Surrounded by like just, just, uh, I don't fucking, I don't know. I don't you know, know I like, mean, if
0: I landed on an island full of Chris Hemsworth as Thor with the short hair, um, I would not complain. Nor not would just, I tell anybody about it. I would just die there.
1: <laughs> I just asked for piggyback rides, like shirtless piggyback rides. <laughs> yes.
0: wouldn't we all yeah so there you have it kids right straight off the presses people i mean it doesn't get much more journalistically sound than that you know when i was a kid i wanted to be a journalist
1: well you got it. You got you. You have the skills. I also really, really. I would have given anything. Uh, I would have probably raised every rev- every person who leaves a review to like ten dollars if I could be in the room with you when you were watching these videos.
0: <laughs> Chris
1: is across him going, "What the fuck are you watching?" <laughs> I would I'm like, babe, anything. Because then you have the video, the, like the consuming of the content that you're watching, and then you have the the come down of the consumption where you have to tell someone. And I know Chris is the one who got the earful, and so every part of me wishes that I could just be a part of that entire process. <laughs>
0: well, I will tell you, as I was watching it the first time, I didn't watch it and then go back and write it. I'd watch a little bit, I'd write something, I'd watch a little bit, I'd write. So you were getting it firsthand,
1: just oh. so you know. Well, it's, uh, what a journey. (laughs) And there are, I've, (laughs) there are a lot of people out there who believe that shit. And I'm not
0: (sighs) dissing them. I just, this guy was, he was a lot.
1: Yeah. People are, uh, that's the thing. It's all about how you sell it. And I think sometimes it's real tough because these people just sell it. Straight off the Jersey shore. It's... State, 20, 20 as long as 20 percent of it's true then anyone will believe it and i'm sure 20 some some uh, what he said at some point one part of that one sentence of what he said and i'm sure it was a eight to ten minute video joe biden true. has
0: put a travel ban out on something
1: there's the truth that's the truth specifically, and then anyone who watches it who's already leaning into that shit is like, yeah, no, this is real.
0: I want a t-shirt that says, um, I don't even know. I got nothing. I had a brain fart. Let's tell stories.
1: Yeah, probably should. <laughs> 35 minutes in. <laughs>
2: um, my turn? Sure. I think so. Do you have big dreams and think you'd love to run your own business? You might see a need in your community or the world that you think you can help fill. Or maybe you just really crave the freedom to work from when and where you want. I'm Jackie Pretzman and I help women to create businesses they love. I've partnered with Oddity Files to bring you details about Dream Business Bootcamp, my online course to kickstart your business in six weeks. In the course, we cover everything from getting clear on your business idea to creating and pricing your first offering, getting your business online, and then actually attracting ideal customers who want to pay you for what you do. Now, Dream Business Bootcamp is opening for enrollment this month, and Kitsy has something special to share just for Oddity Files listeners.
0: She's right, guys. I do. Here's your special link for Jackie's Dream Business Bootcamp. Go to tinyurl.com slash dreambusinessbootcamp today. Thanks, Jackie. Need more scares in your life? Well, duh, we've got you. Just head over to tinyurl.com slash get shutter, and you'll automatically get seven days free of this all horror, all the time streaming network. From their endless selection of the best in horror, the original programming, and exclusive content to their flexible membership plans, Shutter is exactly what you need. Plans start at under five bucks a month, and yes, you can cancel at any time. I mean, what are you waiting for? Tinyurl.com/slash/getshutter. Tinyurl.com/slash/getshutter. G-E-T-S-H-U-D-D-E-R. Let's get scared. Are you looking for that next great read? Well, I've got you, because I wrote it. Head on over to Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com and order yourself a copy of my book, I'd Rather Talk to Dead People where I tell you the ins and the outs of my paranormal journey thus far. If you've watched the TV show Oddity Files on Amazon Prime or YouTube, this is the perfect companion piece to give you an inside look on what was going on inside my head during my most prominent investigations to date. Again, Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com. Just search I'd Rather Talk to Dead People... By Kitsy Duncan. Thank you. Okay, you may have heard or may not have heard, but our newest podcast partner is freaking Chewy, guys. I know we we talk about our pets all the time and we kind of love our pets a little too much, just like you guys. But we're always looking for ways to save money in these current financial times. Chewy's it type in tinyurl.com slash O-F-Chewy, you help support the podcast. I personally get both our dog's food and our dog's treats and a couple other things sent on a monthly basis directly from Chewy with their subscription service. So please check it out. Please help us out by subscribing to all of your Chewy goods at tinyurl.com slash OF Chewy. My dogs will thank you. Okay, kids. So, soon, very soon, if not this week, I didn't even check the calendar. We, we record early, you guys know that. The new Conjuring movie is coming to both HBO Max and possibly theaters, I believe. Not 100% I sure. I think it's this least...
1: week, like the week of this podcast airing. Oh, this look is at airing... good. I do. It's June 4th is when it comes out. Yeah, next weekend. Yeah. The, the week, the day. Happy Conjuring Release Day, everybody. Yay! <laughs> Took
0: us a minute to get there, but here we are. So, um, The Conjuring 3 is inspired by the trial of 19 year old Arnie Cheyenne Johnson who was charged with murdering his landlord, Alan Bono, in February 1981. During the trial, the defendant gained infamy, becoming the first person to claim a defense of demonic possession in a United States court. Although, perhaps unsurprisingly, this version of events was not accepted by the judge. And that story goes a little something like this. Arnie's defense rested on testimony given by the family of his fiancée, Debbie Glatzel. Debbie's 11-year-old brother had reportedly been the subject of demonic possession in the months prior to the murder. With his parents having grown increasingly worried by a number of unexplained and ominous events, the story really starts in July 1980. When the 11-year-old David Glatzel was helping Johnson clean up a Connecticut rental property, he was prepping so he could move in. While there, David claimed to have come across a burnt and black-looking old man who he claims pushed him into a waterbed, saying he would bring them harm if they moved into the house. When David returned home, he continued to see the old man. He described him as having a white beard, Wearing jeans and a flannel shirt, David claimed the man's skin was so charred as if he'd been burnt. The young boy experienced night terrors and woke up with bruises and scratches on his body. He'd wake up screaming to tell his parents he'd seen the sunken features of the old man like an animal with horns, pointy ears and jagged teeth. The Conjuring 3 demon appears to have gone a different route, the movie, with early photos showing a white masked man wearing a striped red long coat. Eh, a guy in a flannel shirt, I guess, isn't that scary. So the family said they also had heard unexplained noises coming from their attic. In trying to get to the bottom of the issue, they had called in Ed and Lorraine Warren who by this point were already well-known paranormal experts to diagnose and cure their son. Ed Warren said he heard banging and growling sounds coming from their basement and that he also saw a rocking chair move on its own. He had told that to paranormal researcher Tony Spira. He also claimed David's toy dinosaur also walked on its own toward the family that kind of freaked me out but then i started thinking of toy story you i
1: was know. gonna say i'm trying to visualize the toy dinosaur and how alarming that might be but what was it like a wind-up toy because that i i don't know
0: it didn't say so i'm assuming i'm assuming it was because i mean if the legs just started moving i would i'd be like
1: i am out of here yeah. No, thank you. Like, was this a jointed thing? Like, did it have joints? Was it a toy that the legs could move? Was it a stuffed animal? like,
0: Yeah. I need details. I need more. Okay. He also said a deep voice spoke to them saying, Beware, you're all going to die. Lorraine also claimed she saw a black mist appear next to David while her husband interviewed him. Those of you that don't know, Lorraine was the psychic medium, and Ed was the investigator, pretty much. I think he did a little bit of exorcisms here and there, so he was a demonologist as well. Yeah, he was a demonologist. Um, While Ed interviewed the boy, this is from Lorraine, I saw a black black mist form next to him, which told me we were dealing with something of a negative nature. Soon, the child was complaining that invisible hands were choking him and that there were red marks on him. He said that he had the feeling of being hit, and this was an interview she did with People magazine. David's mother, Judy, had previously claimed it was a ghost, but the Warrens rejected this idea, saying it was an indicator of a demon as they always did. (laughs) Classic. Yes. So Lorraine also claimed he spoke in unrecognizable voices and that he recited passages of the Bible as well as Paradise Lost. Oh. What
1: is that? It's a literary classic.
0: (laughs) Okay. Debbie Glatzel also claimed he spit, bit, kicked, and swore at her and flopped around head to toe like a rag doll. <laughs> Excuse me, that Diet Pepsi's coming back to haunt me. She also told the Chippewa Herald Telegram that he manifested the the guy, the the burnt face guy, just a face on the wall, high cheekbones, narrow chin, thin nose, big black eyes hidden in dark holes and he showed his teeth. Ed Warren told the Washington Post, right away, I knew there was something to this. I felt like a good fisherman when he knows there's something on the line. (laughs) I love them, but Ed, honey, come on. Okay. He added that he thought there were 43 demons inside of the boy, and David had named them all. Now, in the movie that's comes out today. Father Gordon, played by Steve Coulter, blesses the home. The priest's name was changed for the movie, but a Roman Catholic priest did visit the home to bless it. After continued efforts from the Warrens, the Glatzels and multiple priests, including Rev. Francis E. Virgulac, thats fun to say— a formal exorcism took place with witnesses claiming that a demon had fled the child's body. One of 40? Pretty much. That's where I was when I was reading that. I was like, okay, there's, you know, 500 demons in this boy and they, they saw one leave.
1: One was like, I'm out. <laughs> it just left. How did he name 40? How I- did a small child... Come up with 40 names, like Larry, Terry, Barry, Jerry. Eduardo. Eduardo. Like, how did the kid know 40 names? I don't even know 40 names. Mm-mm. I need the internet to know 40 names. Literally. How, like,
0: I need babynames.com. Are you kidding
1: yeah. me? Yeah. And even then, that's not 40. It's like the top 25 names of 2020 or whatever. Yeah,
0: exactly. So, Ed Warren claims that Arnie... Remember Arnie from the beginning of the story, who was present at the exorcism, shouted, Take me on, leave my little buddy alone. What a nice guy. Until he murdered somebody. (laughs) Apparently, David showed signs of improving, but Arnie started to deteriorate. The TV series A Haunting covered the case in the episode Where Do Demons Dwell? Claiming that the demon took control of Johnson's car, forcing it into a tree. Didn't that happen to the Warrens when they had Annabelle as well? I thought so. Same. While he was uninjured, he was shaken by the experience. The series also blamed a demon when Johnson fell from a tree while working. Judy, I don't even know who the fuck Judy is. This story is written terribly. You tell I didn't write it. Judy told the Washington Post she paid $75 an hour for a session with a local psychiatrist, too. But it was up to church officials to set up and pay for further psychological testing. David's parents were told he was normal but had a minimal learning disability. $75 an hour seems really cheap, even in the 80s for a... Therapist. Yeah. Clearly not content with its newfound freedom, though, the story goes that the spirit then immediately took control of Johnson, and it was under his control that the murder of the landlord took place several months later. <laughs> Johnson and Debbie Glatzel decided against renting the original home and instead rented a small house near Debbie's work. Uh, I mean, the kid gets possessed at the original rental home and you don't even fucking move in? Are you kidding me? That was all for naught at this point. (laughs) Um, Debbie was working as a dog groomer for the landlord, Alan Bono, who was 40 and was also the kennel manager. Bono, who has been renamed for the movie movie as Bruno Sauls, Lived in an apartment above the kennels. On the day of the murder, Johnson had taken the day off work and spent the day with Debbie, 26 years old at the time, at the kennel. Along with some other companions, Debbie, Johnson, and Bono had lunch at a local restaurant and enjoyed a few drinks, becoming drunk in the process. And when they later returned to the kennel, a heated fight broke out, with Bono becoming increasingly agitated. During this argument, Bono seized Debbie's nine-year-old cousin, Mary. Damn, Bono, who had also (laughs) been present and refused to let her go, which then led Johnson to front him and inevitably stab him repeatedly with a five inch pocket knife all while growling like an animal bono suffered four or five tremendous wounds mainly in his chest area what was he gonna do with that nine-year-old it sounds like fucking self-defense to me
1: yeah D- and
0: I- <laughs> growling yeah he's pissed maybe he yeah. couldn't get the words that maybe he couldn't use his words people so, Bono Dial died, died several hours later and Johnson was later arrested roughly 2 miles away from the murder. The murder is believed to be the first murder in Brookfield, Connecticut's 193-year-old history and the first in 30 years since the town had police records. The next day after the murder, Lorraine Warren immediately claimed that it was a case of demonic possession, which naturally led to much media coverage around the world. Johnson's trial began on the 28th of October, 1981 at Connecticut's Superior Court in Danbury. Johnson's lawyer, Martin Minella, attempted to enter the plea of not guilty due to demonic obsession, stating that Johnson was possessed by a demon and it was a demon who actually manipulated his body. It was the first known court case in U.S. history that had attempted this defense. Manila speaking about the case and the fame that followed said, "The courts have dealt with the existence of God. Now they're going to have to deal with the existence of the devil." This guy's just looking for some publicity now. Yes. Yeah. What I'm thinking. Uh-huh. However, the plea of not guilty due to demonic possession was immediately thrown out by presiding judge Robert Callahan, way to go, Bob, who said it would be irrelative and unscientific to allow testimony on these grounds. and so despite the ensuing media attention, the jury was not legally allowed to consider demonic possession. Johnson's defense claimed that he hadn't been the same after Glatzel's exorcism, and witnesses were called upon saying they saw a demon transfer from Glatzel to Johnson. Debbie Glatzel also testified that Johnson behaved similarly to, to the 11-year-old. Ed Warren apparently got on stand and claimed Johnson had made a fatal mistake by taunting the alleged demon. This is a hot fucking mess. I can't imagine the movie goes into all of this. Wow. My, 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 you know, I held the Warrens on a pedestal. They're falling really quick here. Exposed. According to reports, in the three months Debbie and Johnson had lived next to Bono, they had not been, they had been friends. The police believe that Bono and Debbie's relationship was more than boss and employee. But Debbie denied this, despite the police claiming the argument was over her rather than the stereo. Where the fuck did the stereo come from? Who writes this shit? I'll tell you who does. Radiotimes.com. Literally. <laughs> I paste and cut everything. But I wrote my news story. Just to make up for
1: it. Oh, yeah. You nailed it. Knocked it out of the park.
0: Oh, then they get to the part about Debbie claimed Johnson had come to Bono's apartment to, to repair a stereo for him, but that Bono had been drinking one, one, red wine, and the pair got into the argument about payment for the repair. The Devil Made Me Do It does take this angle into the story, exploring the jealous lover plot. Well, apparently it does get into all this, which was also shown in the 1983 movie, The Demon Murder Case, starring... Kevin Bacon must see that movie. Yeah. After the jury deliberated for more than three days, Johnson was convicted of first-degree manslaughter on the 24th of November 1981. He was sentenced to between ten and twenty years in prison, and was released in 1986. Only had he had only served five years of his sentence, even though demonic possession was not actually allowed as a legitimate defense in the trial. The case became colloquially, colloquially. colloquially, colloquially. C-O-L-L-O-Q-U-I-A-L-L-Y, colloquially known as the Devil Made Me Do It case. Hence the subtitle of this film. Johnson and Glatzel got married while he was in prison. He also got his high school diploma while inside. The pair went on to have two children. Lorraine went on to write a book, The Devil in Connecticut, with Gertrude Brittle detailing the case, and they shared the profits from the sales with the Glatzel family. David's brother, Carl, did speak out against the book when it was republished in 2006, saying it was a complete lie and that the Warrens concocted a phony story about demons in an attempt to get rich and famous at our expense. Carl claimed the Warrens told the family they'd be millionaires. It was later confirmed they were paid $2,000. Carl also says David was suffering with his mental health at the time, but he recovered. In 2007, David and Carl filed a lawsuit against Brittle and the Warrens for (laughs) unspecified unspecified financial damages. They sued the authors and publishers for violating their privacy, libel, and intentional infliction of emotional distress. I'm assuming the un- the financial damages were unspecified because they were paid?
1: Yeah, okay. I'm sure that's what it was.
0: So thanks radiotimes.com for this mediocre article that I skimmed over and thought it would be so much better than it was. <laughs> so in, in my re I did do research. I didn't write it, but I did do research. I came across like scandalous stories about the warrants. Yeah. Like there was a, a teenager that had allegedly got pregnant and Lorraine knew about. I, I was like, Holy fucking shit. These Beautiful people. What a oh so I will not do that story. Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly,
1: allegedly. this happened.
0: Um yeah, but it, it was pretty terrible. But you know, I always wondered if they had people's permission to write these stories. I mean, I've only written about stories about people who are dead. Um, so <laughs> I I never even thought about it.
1: Yeah, I guess there's like gotta be a line where Like if I were them, I would, I would also sue because like one, that's my own personal story that you wrote about, and two, you're making so much money off of it, and it's my own story. But like if I'm just a family who's going through something traumatic, my first afterthought in the healing process is not, well, I want to try to, you know, either a learn how to write a book or b hire a ghostwriter to write a book so we can be a number one bestseller. So right. Right, it's not really absolutely. like the first thought that, you, that comes to mind.
0: Well, and what threw me as well with the trial stuff, you know, my true crime nerd came screaming into my head. And if the judge wasn't going to let him use the defense of being possessed as, you know, his not guilty by reason of, how did all these people end up on the stand talking about the possession? I feel like that would all be thrown out.
1: Yeah. I feel like they were like trying to hear it out and understand it, but then it just like fell flat pretty quickly because it was just so bizarre. Yeah. Uh, but for, I think for the time as well, it was it was different. And for it being the first time someone used it, and they're like, "Uh, this I wonder like if there's been
0: any other cases since.
1: What, like Devil Made Me Do It cases? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure there have been a ton. Um, I mean, think about Latoya Amans. That was sort oh, of, yeah. I mean, her kids were at stake and she wound up getting them back after everything. But uh, yeah, I think there there was like a case in the UK that was someone who was like, I mean, think about all the times you read those stories where like the, the paranormal in the news that we do where it's like, dad tries to kill child because devil told him to or something
0: or because the child was the devil yeah for sure for sure super interesting can't wait to see the movie um now the whole time i watch it i'm gonna feel bad for this poor family that they only made two thousand (laughs) dollars
1: that's what it's gonna be about Mm -hmm. it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting this movie uh because the other, I feel like, yes, there were families who were going through traumatic experiences with, like, hauntings. But the fact that there's, like, a murder case involved in this one, I feel like this movie is not going to be as fun to watch. Because it's probably just going to be really bleak and, like, fucked up. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I was I was hoping it was more. I'd heard of this story for years. Um, I think I'd heard people reference it on true crime podcasts, this, that, and the other. But I never really dive deep into it. I wasn't even sure what story this Conjuring movie was about until I decided I wanted to write a story about the story that it's it's about. That was the worst way ever to say that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it, it was intriguing. Um, I Yeah, I can't believe they're bringing like the true crime aspect into it. It should be interesting.
1: Yeah, we'll see. Uh, I'm, well, I mean, sh- <laughs> we probably I'll will both tonight. know by the time this podcast airs. <laughs> <laughs> For sure, for we just sure. get pretend we've seen it.
0: <laughs> it was
1: great.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay, let's throw this over to commercials. I can't wait to see how Nick is gonna wow me this week. Find out why people are calling Paranormal Crossroads a great spiritual journey, or groundbreaking, heartfelt, funny, this new series is absolutely amazing. Just head to tinyurl.com slash paranormal road. That's the letter x this all female paranormal team, including myself, Kitsie Duncan, KJ, and Spirit Medium. Tiffany Rice. Go where no paranormal show has gone before. We head to people's homes and places of work where they're dealing with a haunting of any kind. Nine times out of ten, there's happy tears, there's laughter. This is the paranormal show you've been waiting for. We're adding new episodes monthly, and this is a show you don't want to miss. No screaming, no demons, all the love, light, peace, and positivity and bringing family members closure. Head on over to tinyurl.com slash paranormal x road. That's X as in the letter X. Are you a coffee addict like me? Well, check out Bones Coffee Company. Coffee isn't just a drink that wakes you up in the morning. It's an experience. When you brew a pot, of Bones Coffee Company coffee, they want you to have the best experience you've ever had. They only roast carefully selected beans to perfection in small batches to ensure that you get the freshest coffee delivered straight to your door. The care given to each of those small batches is evidenced through the rich, full-bodied, and exceptionally smooth taste you'll get out of every cup of Bones Coffee Company, you drink. You guys, this is amazing. First and foremost, I love coffee. I love wine and I love bourbon, but I love coffee. So check it out and help out the podcast. Go to tinyurl.com slash Bones Coffee. Get your coffee fix and help out your favorite podcast. We appreciate you. Extra, extra, read all about it. Okay, so that was lame. But we have a new merch store, my friends. Head on over to tpublic.com slash stores slash oddity-files. Guys, we've got everything there. We're still adding more. The prices are much more cost-effective there and the store is so easy to navigate. What are you waiting for? Head on over to tpublic.com slash stores slash oddity dash files. Get your merch on. Not every haunting is driven by evil.
2: It happens even in the most mundane of places.
0: Down the block, around the corner. And sometimes in our own homes.
2: Paranormal Crossroad is here to bridge the gap between the living and the dead.
0: Are you living through a haunting at home or at work? Do you need answers? Contact the all-female paranormal research
1: team today.
2: Go to pxroad.com to get the answers you seek. In and we're Five
1: back. minutes or less.
2: <laughs> now we've got
0: time. I don't have a listener story this week. So you take your time, sir. Or go fast. Sh- I'm, I'm not one.
1: gonna judge. I'm not gonna judge. Good. Don't judge me. Or pressure. Oh, good. Okay. So this is also in the haunted realm of things. I had never heard of this story before, uh, and I'm, I apologize to all of our British listeners uh, who are going to destroy me for <laughs> pronouncing this name that I've. I, I I know how, and then I don't know how, and then I know how, and then I don't know. It's just one of those things. Yeah,
0: overthink so, it for sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So this comes from allthat'sinteresting.com. dot com dot com. If you're eager to experience the paranormal, paranormal—it's <laughs> contagious. Oh my god! If you're eager to experience the paranormal, there's no better way to visit an establishment built atop a pagan burial ground.
0: Oh fuck. <laughs> yeah.
1: Right out of the gate. That's exactly what happened with the ancient Ram Inn in Wotan Under Edge, Gloucestershire, England.
0: Glyster. Gly- Glycaster. Gly- oh, damn it. I know it, but I don't. I know where you're coming it's, from. Yes. it. Yeah. I I've apologize. heard them say it
1: on the tube. Same. And I apologize <laughs> for botching all of it. Um, a former priest's resident built residence built in 1145. The inn is not only the oldest building in town, but also situated precisely where two ley lines meet. Ley lines are believed to be supernatural lines that connect the world's monuments in a significant alignment. Interesting.
0: I love the whole ley lines thing, and I want to know all the things about them.
1: Same. <laughs> Some claim that the inn's positioning along these two ley lines coincidentally leads directly to England's Stonehenge and must thus be a place of strong spiritual energy, which was also Must thus. Must thus. Combined with a 5,000 year old pagan burial ground beneath its floors, the ancient Ram Inn certainly has the makings of a paranormal place. It's also very spooky to look at. Like, it looks like it shouldn't be a functioning building and it, and it It's a bed and breakfast.
0: It's one of my favorite ghost adventures episodes.
1: (laughs) Oh, amazing. Yes. The inn formerly housed (laughs) slaves and workers who built the nearby St. Mary's Church. Streams on the inn's grounds had to be rerouted around the church's site, and many believe this diversion of water is in part responsible for exposing the area to dark energy. As if that wasn't enough, the inn is also purportedly haunted by a witch who sought shelter who sought shelter there before being caught and murdered. She was burned at the stake in the 1500s and is now said to haunt the room she once stayed in, aptly called the Witch's Room.
0: I want to go to there.
1: Allegedly, uh, and this is, this is not in this specific story, I I read a much longer version of this story, but allegedly she is uh, a succubus.
0: Ooh, I knew that now that you say that. Yeah. I believe this- Zach. Taunted her in a bed Trying to get some action Of course he did what he he should,
1: Maybe he should play that uh, demonic guitar He should bring <laughs> it and sing her a tune Maybe she likes the blues <laughs> The inn's sole owner and occupant John Humphreys Claims he was first introduced to the inn's Non-corporeal non non-corp-
0: <laughs> Words are so fucking hard
1: Ah. <sighs> uh. It's just a smart (laughs) word. Uh, I know. I had the same problem. (laughs) (laughs) Non-corporeal. Non-corporeal. Non-corporeal? I don't know. Corporeal. I don't know. (laughs) I imagine it means, like, ghost. (laughs) Okay. Ghostly occupants on his first night as its owner in 1968. He said he had just gone to sleep when a demonic presence ripped him out of bed by his arms and pulled him across the room. This fucking guy. You need to watch this episode. I, I need to I've seen pictures and he's... He oh, is a, nutty as a fruitcake. He, he looks wild. Now in his 80s, he's committed the rest of his life to maintaining the end rather than running away from it, which most of us probably would have done half a century ago. Perhaps the most depressing is the fact that Humphreys' wife and three daughters decided to do just that, leaving him alone on the property. Humphreys also claims to have found evidence of ritual sacrifice and devil worship underneath the staircase where he reportedly saw children's bones punctured with daggers. The fuck! If any of these reports are true, then it is perhaps Humphrey's unwillingness to leave the inn that is truly the terrifying part of this ghost story. And that is the very uh, quick (laughs) story (laughs) of the Ancient Ram Inn, which is now, uh, he has passed on. uh, Oh, he
0: has? I didn't know that.
1: he, He did pass away. His daughter is now the one who has inherited the Ancient Ram Inn, apparently.
0: Oh, that's super interesting. I wonder if she still does the paranormal stuff there or not.
1: Yeah, she's she is the the owner operator, the one who who uh, runs the show. But I I don't know why she would want to. But I guess maybe there's this connection with the fact that her father did it, so she can do it, and it's been in the family and and whatnot. So, uh, maybe the witch likes her. I don't maybe. know. Maybe
0: that could be. I think the guy stuck around because he was having an affair with the witch slash succubus and that's why he let his wife leave with his children. Just putting that out there. Or he's just batshit crazy.
1: Who knows? If, anyone, if anyone's going to like make a Conjuring-type movie about this inn and about John Humphreys, uh, all, all respect to his family and him as he has passed on, but I hope that that movie is about him falling in love with the succubus witch and the relationship yes. that he has with this succubus witch. I would I would watch the shit out of that movie tonight. Oh, hell yeah.
0: <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um that was that was very well told. I've I'd forgotten most of like the background story to it. Every time you say something I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. Oh, I forgot about
1: that is too. There's that too. Yeah. <laughs> uh the whole story's fascinating. I highly recommend. I mean uh there is um obviously an episode from Ghost Adventures about this, so I know I'll be watching that. Yeah. Um. <laughs> you will not. It's it's very entertaining. It was
0: when Zach was still funny and still having fun with the show. So um, it's so funny. Zach tweeted something. Talk- I call him Zach, like, you know, we're old friends, but Mr. Baggins. <laughs> I tweeted something the other day and it just said, I've got my eyes on you. I'm like, oh shit, he's listening to the podcast. He knows we are talking shit about him.
2: Yeah.
1: He's going to find my address. I'm going to get a knock at the door and it's going to be like a Dybbuk box, but it's going to be <laughs> disguised as like something that holds Pokemon cards or something. I'm going to open or, or that Or like shit.
0: chocolates.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to open it and be like, "Oh, chocolates. And then realize that my whole life is fucked because of Zach Baggins. There's
0: a succubus in your face. And then they fell in love and lived happily ever after.
1: Yeah, oh, and then I, I, then I go on YouTube making a video talking with a Jersey accent, be like, "Y'all, you never believe there's this fucking ghost that just showed up on my fucking doorstep." Big <laughs> Zach Baggins. I uh, got a Ouija Ouija board. The <laughs> box.
0: I can't do East Coast accents. I can't suck it up. Um, this is where I beg all the listeners to send in their stories. <laughs> Because it's desperately needed, and I can't read one today. You know why? Do you know why, people? It's because I don't have any paranormal listener stories. So sit down. Open up your laptop. (laughs) Write up your story. If you're not already sitting. Well, yeah. And write it up. You know you have one. Why else are you listening to this podcast? Because, I mean, I know we're hilarious. And I know (laughs) we think we're hilarious, I should say. And the stories are, you know, interesting sometimes. But you're here because you love the paranormal. And you love the paranormal because you've been through some shit. So sit down, if you're not already. Whip out that laptop. I said laptop. And then write down your story. Email it to oddityfilescrew at gmail.com. And I am anxiously awaiting it because this is my favorite part of the show, people. And because you didn't send your story, here you have to listen to me use my mommy voice on you. And I'm stopping now, and I'm sorry.
1: I Even if it's not true, like, we can even do, like, Team No Sleep Reddit style. If you just have a story that you want to tell that might be based on true events or not, and it's just a... a cool, badass, scary, paranormal story that's in line with the podcast that might be true, might not be true, write it and send it in anyway, because that shit would be fun to read, too.
0: You know you want to tell that story that babysitter told you when you were 12 years old that scared the shit out of you and you couldn't sleep for three weeks.
1: A hundred (laughs) percent, because everyone has a story that hasn't been passed on, and this is your chance for us to pass that story on to uh, an audience of folks and also... If we don't have a listener story by next week, then we'll just what we'll do is we'll do a sh- like a 50-minute episode and then the 10 minutes that you would normally still be listening to audio files, you pull out that laptop and you spend 10 minutes writing a story and yeah. then you send that story. And if you don't, I'm going to sing You're for 10 what? minutes. And if oh, they don't send it, I'm d- going to d- sing
0: for 10 minutes. <laughs> this is the song that doesn't end. It just goes on and on. Okay. That's just a teaser, people. We are not taste. fucking around. We are just not. T- <laughs> we should probably go. Hey. Yeah. We want to give a huge shout out to our producers Doug Maldenlock, Ryan Hoke, Donald Blanchflower, and a shout out to you listening. Even though you didn't send in, a, you know your listener story, we still appreciate you. We still appreciate the fact that you're telling your friends about the show, and um, yeah, tell your friends in Montana because we had zero listens in Montana <laughs> last month. Zero people. Come on, let's step up the game. I'm Kitsy Duncan, Weird is the New Cool.
1: And I'm Nick Floyd, Ghost On. I don't
0: know where the fuck that came from. I'm so sorry. <laughs>